Okay, welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here, and uh, we're good to be happy to be here with you uh, for another show as we get closer to the start of the 2022 HBCU football season. Drew, you look like you are geared up and ready to go, my friend. How you doing? Hey. It- I'm so geared up, I forgot my microphone, man. Yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be nice if folks could hear you, you know. Uh, they they don't want to hear nothing I got to say, man. They don't want to hear nothing I got to say except this, except this football season. Right, right. Well, you know, hey, it is what it is. That, that simultaneous head nod means we are ready to go. And, uh, of course, Drew, you got all kinds of stuff to talk about, man. Well, folks want to hear from you. Don't don't act shy. Um, repping that fam, you gear is it's game week for the Rattlers. Love it, love it, love it. It's also game week for uh, the Bison of Howard, the Hornets of Alabama State, the Lions of Florida Memorial, and the Tigers of Edward Waters University. You like how I did that on the cuff, off the fly, Drew? I was worried I was going to mess up a nickname there, but I managed to make it all the way through. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be talking about those games a little bit later in the show. Also coming up later in the show, we're going to be talking to Kyle T. Mosley of HBCU legends, dropped some good stories, especially one of the big stories that uh, has dropped on the HBCU diaspora is more details coming out regarding Byron Allen's, um, deal, media rights deal um, through his HBCU Go um, outlet, uh, media outlet, and of course, how that's going to project into more coverage and expanded coverage throughout the country in some major markets for the SWAC and CIAA. So we're going to talk to him about that as more details came out, uh, you know, some pretty good stuff there. And so, you know, a, a lot of interesting topics, you know, that's been on the minds and, and the tongues of a lot of people uh, over the past mm, summer. Summer, it seems like. It seems like that's what we, we, we've been talking about all summer, Drew. As, as, the, as the preseason comes to an end, I mean, has there been anything hotter than uh, media rights? Uh, we, have we talked about anything more – 
I'd say, has anything been more nauseating to talk about than media rights? Maybe that's a better way of saying it, Drew. Let's see. Two years ago, it was conference churning. Last year, it was NIL. This year's topic is media rights. Yeah, oh, you so, skipped over that thing about the pandemic and whether they would actually be games. You know, we we kind of you kind of skipped over that too a couple years okay. ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that 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 kind of was the same year as the conference churning. Those kind of went yeah. hand in uh glove. But uh yeah, there's nothing more. And I shared with you a video earlier this week about how far we have come with this media rights deal. The video I had was for back, it talked about 1996, when the entire SWAC and MEAC media deal was worth, uh, uh, I know you know the number, but for those of you all out here, $40,000. That was the entire deal for both conferences. And that was about a five-game deal for forty. dollars thousand dollars each school netted a thousand dollars out of that deal so you know we talk about the what have we left on the table could we have gotten more and that debate's gonna be out there for those in twitterverse and everywhere else but consider less than 30 years ago forty thousand dollars how many of y'all make more than $40,000 who are listening to us right now? Think about that. that. You make more as an individual than these that. entire conferences were Might be some teachers making. out here, Drew. Don't do that. And, Don't do that. and had to divide by 12 or 10. Oh, let's see. It was 10 in the SWAC at that point 10. in time. And right. I believe right. there were 10 in the BAC at that point in time. No, they were, uh, let's see. Alabama A&M had not entered the SWAC at that point, Brian. Alabama A&M and UAPB, so there were eight in the SWAC. There were eight, At wow. that point in time. Yes, uh, Alabama A&M and UAPB did not come in until uh, 98, I believe. So, mm-hmm. and Hampton had just came into the BAC at that time. And you know what I'd be, you know what I'd be, you know what I'd be interested to, I, and maybe this is a conversation for Carlos Brown. I, I'd love to know from the Southern perspective that clip you shared uh, with me, again, coming from the standpoint of how people were upset with Southern, because in short, Southern didn't want to give up the Southern Jackson State game at the time in which it was scheduled to go off, which was an evening game. The boombox is always an evening game. ABC Six o'clock game, game normally. The, Six o'clock local right, time, seven which, o'clock which Eastern. Is seven Eastern. Right, and ABC obviously wanted that game in the daytime because, you understand, television kind of rules the roost. And their concern was all of uh, all of you, all of the fans, all, all of what they would have lost, potentially lost. There's no guarantee that they would have, but a lot of people seem to think that they would have. And, and so uh, with, the, with the decrease potentially in the revenue, they chose to not go for the deal and then, as which goes to show interesting how petty uh, that particular network was back then, they scrapped the whole deal for everybody and the entire market. Now, 
that just goes to show how they thought of us and the value that they thought of us back then. But I, I'd love to know, you know, back then many people um, might have been a little upset with Southern at what they perceived to be a missed opportunity. But when you when you kind of do the finances, Drew, it wasn't really worth it. Or was it? Who knows? But it didn't happen. And I don't know if it's fair to say that that caused a delay in what you see today or what you eventually saw uh, in terms of ESPN coming on, coming in and, and partnering with the SWAC and, and broadcasting games of that nature. But I, I, from that perspective, I'd love to hear the 25-year sort of revisionist history of that moment in media rights. And, and another thing, which I, I know we'll talk to Kyle about this, you know, uh, to, almost that same time, 20-something years ago, you know, think about the number of games that we used to watch on BET. And, you know, there, what's funny is there are still people to this day, Drew, in 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 Twitter spaces and uh, these message boards that still reference and say things like, man, why doesn't BET come and show games? About-? It's like people have forgotten and don't realize. BET was the originator. Yeah, but BET is not in the business of 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 us to to the degree of showing us in athletics. That that's not what BET's business model is. They sold that decades ago, a couple decades ago, and, and Robert Thompson made hey, billions hey. off of that. Yeah, that's just like ESPN used to show Australian rules football and the strongman competitions, but they're not in that business <laughs> yes. anymore. Exactly. So I always get a chuckle. I almost, you almost have to ignore when you start hearing people talking about, oh man, why doesn't BET get in? It's like, oh, come on, man. Really? You got a reference BET. But, but anyway, yes, uh, I I know uh, our good friend, LaShanda, she still, she knows every time she's out there talking, there are still people talking about games need to be on BET. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. Uh, So, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll talk with uh, Kyle a little bit about that coming up later in the show. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. Go download that Jericho Broadcast Network's app for us on the Google and Apple Store. MyJBN, MyBCSN is where you can find it. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up. Uh, make sure to like this stream, like this broadcast, and then go ahead and share it on your Twitter uh, YouTube, YouTube, Facebook streams for us. We greatly appreciate it um, as we're counting down. So, Drew, let's get into some news and notes here before we get into the interview with Kyle. What's um, what's one of the first stories that we want to get to from the uh, from the past week uh, or the past few days? Let's go back to yesterday, Brian. Alabama A&M announced the hiring of their new athletic director, Ms. Dr. Paul A. Bryant, former Grambling State athletic director, most recently at Edmund Waters, then college, now university. And I am a little, what's the best way to put it? I'm a little perturbed about this one, Brian. First of all, congratulations to Paul. Congratulations to Dr. Bryant. Uh, great guy. Uh, have had media conversations with him. Have uh, we, we at the Black College Sports Network have done work for Edward Waters University uh, under his watch. 
great guy. I think he is a good leader for Alabama A&M. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, it, I can show you better than I can tell you how good of a leader he is for Alabama A&M. Brian, uh, if we could play our first video of Paul Bryant's uh, speech during his welcome event. This is an exciting time for Alabama A&M University because of the strategic vision. Not sure if we have audio goals from President Wilms. My team and I plan on taking that vision and making certain that the athletics department is in line with his visions and goals for the institution. We want to make sure that all of our sports follow suit by excelling in the classroom as well as on the playing surfaces. Mediocrity will not be accepted. We will begin, thank you, <laughs> we will begin to pay more attention to the details of athletics and operate as a business. We will assess each vendor and make sure if we're doing business with them, they must do business with us. This is an exciting time for Alabama A&M University because of the strategic vision and goals from President Wilms. My team and I plan on taking that vision and making certain that the athletics department is in line with his visions and goals for the institution. We want to make sure that all of our sports follow suit by excelling in the classroom as well as on the playing surfaces. Mediocrity will not be accepted. We will begin, thank you, <laughs> we will begin to pay more attention to the details of athletics and operate as a business. We will assess each vendor and make sure if we're doing business with them, they must do business with us. Uh, welcome, uh, introductory welcome press conference yesterday. Um, was that, I'm not sure, Drew, was that both clips or, or you, you break that? Was that one clip or both clips? Because I know that, there was two different That was audio. one clip. The, the second clip was talking about his uh, leadership skills and expectations for okay. Alabama A&M. Before we... Before we go to that second clip, um, I I want to add that uh, now I want to go back to something you said. Why are you perturbed about this? I want I want to touch back on that for a second. You dropped that, and I'm kind of like, huh? Is that the right adjective? What what what's, what am I missing? Yeah, and, I, and, and nothing against Alabama A and M, great institution. Lived in the state of Alabama for 17 years, but my alma mater, your alma mater. <laughs> Our oh, there we go. alma mater. Yeah, okay. Okay. We released our athletic director in April. Correct? Yeah, by April 17th, I think it was. Yeah. Something like so that. So we are uh, just, uh, over, just over 120 days in our athletic director search. 18 weeks now. Yeah, 18 weeks with uh, interim AD Michael Smith. Uh-huh. One week for every person on the committee. Stop. <laughs> it's 
Stop. Stop. I, I shall digress. Alabama A&M's uh, athletic director left them shortly after the 4th of July holiday to go take a position at the SWAC office. Six weeks later, they have a new athletic director. And if you go back and listen to the entire uh, press conference, which was about 45 minutes long, they say the normal search time for an athletic director is normally two to three weeks. FAMU has multiplied that by a minimum of five if you use three weeks. So you kind of, it is, and I know Dr. Bryant would have been a great candidate for the leadership at Florida A&M University. Whether he was on the list or not, I cannot confirm or deny that. He should have been. But I, he should have been, he on, the have been on the list, especially considering yes. he was two hours down yes. the road, down I-10. Yes. Paul, Dr. Yes. Paul Bryan should have, should have been on the on the list, and mm-hmm. Bryan, this, this is this this is this is truly disturbing that we have no news out of Tallahassee on None. their athletic search. I'm gonna let you None. None. go before I come back. I, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna stay far away from that for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I asked this question back when the position came open, when Alabama A&M's position came open. At the time, was the Alabama A&M job a better job than the Florida A&M job? At the time, I actually thought that it was. And here's why I said that. A, because... One, there's an improvement in facilities that's happening, especially with their uh, arena. Um, So that's being taken care of. But more importantly, it seems like you have administration that is wanting to see athletics be successful. So whenever you have athletics or an administration that wants athletics to be successful and they have a budget which is spending more than Florida A&M is spending, and they've actually grown their budget, that also is telling me that it is right now a better job. Now, over the long run, and plus some of the things that are happening in the Huntsville community, um, from what I'm hearing and have heard, uh, their relationships are going to grow. It's a great opportunity for Paul Bryant, who... One of the aerospace uh, uh, capitals of America. Yeah, he's going to he's going to do a great job of connecting with business leaders in that community that you watch what A&M does over the next couple of years under the direction of Paul Bryant. Our, our beloved university in Tallahassee right now is still <clears throat> being led by someone who is more interested in an Ivy League university and being an Ivy League university than a university with a athletics history and program that make it a blue blood among HBCUs and should be treated with, you know, with the same level of, of uh, uh, there should be flowers on the doorstep to athletics and it should be taken care of as if, as if it's worth 
as much money as every other program that makes Florida A&M University great as an academic institution. That's not happening. So which is a better job today? Oh, sure, Alabama A&M. Tomorrow, with the right person, a future change in leadership, it will be be Florida A&M in the future, but not today. Um, That just, you know, just had to say that. So it is what it is. Um, One last thing on that, Brian. Uh, if you read the the headline, Dr. Paul Bryant is the fourth director of athletics in the program's 24-year history as a Division One institution. I want you to marinate over that. Four athletic directors in 24 years. We've seen points in times at Florida a and where we've had four athletic directors within a calendar year. Hmm. Marinate on that. Uh, play the, let's play the other clip there uh, because I thought that was also uh, a good clip there from uh, Dr. Bryant. Let's play that other clip as well. Professionalism will be at the forefront at our department, of our department, and everyone will be held accountable for their actions or inactions in some cases, but we will thrive to be excellent. Focusing on the possibilities and paying less attention to the things that some perceive that will preclude us from being successful will be another mainstay of the department. We will honor our student athletes academic successes. I said we will honor our student athletes academic successes. We will enhance our civic engagement. We will increase our philanthropic approach to our business. And we will engage our illustrious alumni as we continue to do business in the athletics department. Professionalism. Again, uh, I think what Dr. Bryant has to work with uh, is uh, is some good coaches over there. And I love what he said about uh, the expectation level. You know, setting the expectation level uh, is is so important. And the fact that he put that out there not only puts coaches on notice, but it lets the fan base know that mediocrity is not something that – you know we're gonna we're gonna dwell in here at um, Alabama A and M and and rightfully so rightfully so so uh, good for them props to Alabama A and M uh, it remains to see now what Edward Waters does let's let's flip it there because that is a university that Dr Bryant helped build up and they they have a good president who will go who's to the athletic. ends of the earth who's yeah. athletic minded understands mind. the importance they've made so whoever's excuse me, whoever walks in the door at Edward Waters University, hey, you've got, you're walking into a great setup. Uh, A lot of new additions have been done to the facilities. You've got a great staff, great president. That'll be an interesting hire as well. And I know, I know Drew, it's division two. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly their search moves. And I think that too is something that Florida A&M has to be weary of. You know, I don't know if you lose a candidate to Edward Waters, but 
if the process drags any longer, I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know, Drew. You know, I mean, the opportunity for somebody, I, I, I w- I'm willing to bet there will be people on the list for Edward Waters that are on the list for Florida A&M. And, and I, do, I don't know any of the names. I, I honestly can say I do not know any of the names, but I'm just willing to bet that. And add the fact that South Carolina State is in the market for an athletic director also. Uh, that clouds the, the uh, mix up also. Let's see if either if either one of those institutions wind up hiring an athletic director before Florida A&M, considering Ever Waters just opened up this past week, South Carolina State the week before. Now I really have to question. I know I'm not on the ONG strike zone, but this is a, you know, it seems like an ONG strike zone segment. I'm all of a sudden like I'm taking Kofi's place right now, but I really have to question the people uh, in the in the administration building over there at, in in Tallahassee. I don't know if it's still foot here. No, you, that's you, why I didn't you, want to you put can it do out that. There. You're you're an alum. You can do that. You can you can most certainly do that. You paid your dues. You can definitely do that. I, uh, I paid is, and now, I'm still paying. Yeah, probably so. Hey, le- this is one thing I will say. You mentioned about the interim at South Carolina State. I want to talk quickly while we're talking about athletic directors. We were having this off offline discussion regarding what the interims can do. You know, as you're the interim AD. Do you want your interim athletic director to make hires? Where do you stand on that? We talked about that. And that was a question that I, that we specifically uh, asked um, interim AD Michael Smith. And he was very candid and said, as long as he is sitting in that chair, he is going to make the best hire for Florida A&M. And I would imagine the same would hold true at South Carolina State. Uh, where they have an interim, and I think that is the right move. And it's like you cannot wait for the the official hire, so to speak. You can, because regardless, either way, the interim or the full time, they've got to go to the president. They're going to take whoever they come up with to the president, and the president has to make the decision. Correct. So at, at some point, and the, the president can veto the, the decision. Yes, they, I, in, in both in many situations, they can. Whether it's the full time or the interim, of course, now that depends on how much uh, how much control of the department they've given. So if you have a president that trusts the decision-making of the athletic director, um, then you're most likely going to just get their approval. I, I would imagine as an interim, I think somebody like Michael Smith, who's been in the role multiple times, is a very trustworthy person. Uh, will not, he loves Florida A&M University. Uh, he is a graduate of FAMU. So he's not going to bring Played in anybody that's FAMU. not, he's exactly not going to bring in anybody who's not success minded and has a good plan to grow that particular program. It's the other stuff that the president has to decide on. Like I'm getting a headache talking about DLR. So I'm, I, I got to get some water. Past. Yes, we, we got to take a break and move past because I'm, I'm going to get a I'm gonna bust a blood vessel. I don't need that on live uh, internet. We'll take uh, the pressure TV, pills, so. Yeah, exactly. So let's do this. On the other side of the break, Kyle T. Mosley is going to join us. We're going to talk about the huge deal that uh, Byron Allen's media group uh, shared and some of the uh, additions 
to it from what we knew. And uh, I believe he even spoke to uh, Byron Allen. So there's a great conversation that we might be able to have there. And uh, of course, we're getting ready for week zero, which is next weekend. You've got the Miak Swack Challenge. You've got the Big Cat Classic down in South Florida. And then uh, FAMU is traveling up to Chapel Hill for the HBCU. Uh, what are they calling that thing? The HBCU something. Right? I, 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 I'll figure it out on the other side of the break. The Stay tuned. You're watching, the BC- <laughs> yeah, you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time, so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www. SlowBurnWaco.com. SlowBurn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival. You can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. 
But if they want, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Oh, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision, an SUV built around you, all of you. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Coming up here shortly, Kyle Mosley is going <clears> to <throat> be joining us. Um, <clears throat> before we get into a couple of the stories, wanted to kind of go through the chat room <clears throat> on uh, YouTube and uh, give a shout-out to a few people. I see TDOS there. Of course, uh, Yard Talk HBCU is there, of course. Uh, happy birthday, by the way, uh, to our girl, LaShanda. Uh, Tamara T., Mary 305, good to see you guys. Uh, David Garner in the house. Uh, Dr. Cavill was watching, uh, is watching. I shouldn't say was. Um, and, I, and I think, uh, let me see, who else is in there real quick? Uh, 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 we got, a, of course, um, Zoe, Zoe Phillips with Tiger Talk. Good to see a tiger in here. Come on and get some real news, baby. Good to, good to see you. Uh, D-Live 2010 is in the building. EA dropping some nuggets. You're about to piss me off, EA, with that info you just dropped on me. But um, it's all good. Thanks for everybody for uh, for uh, being a part of the chat conversation there. We've got Kyle Mosley queued up there. Uh, let's see if he's in there. There he is, the Morehouse man himself. Kyle, what's good, brother? Man, I have arrived. How, how are you doing? I'm with the Black College <laughs> Sports Network. 
Hey, can we be considered the mothership, Brian? The mothership has landed. No, no, baby bubble. We get on the ship, man. Oh my goodness, goodness! Uh, good to have you, Kyle. Uh, uh, thanks again. Uh, on a side note, for putting together um, the uh, the summary article there on uh, for the uh, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association. Uh, sadly, yes, Morehouse was not part of that. Um, they although they got no votes there, so I mean, you know that. that the expectations are low, so that just means there's nothing but the sky, or what? What is it? The, the sky is the ceiling, something like that. Yeah. Well, athletically, we always expect that, uh, especially on the football field. But uh, basketball is a different story. So I can understand. You know, we're just gonna have to shock the world this year. So. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, hey, and, and look, you'll be shocking the world in these in the nice uh, remodeled stadium. Uh, correct. Yeah, I mean, uh, new field turf, the, the new updated track, uh, yeah. pretty impressive, man. Pretty impressive. And, and Morehouse, uh, always draws one of the highest attendance numbers in division two football. So, uh, that, that's a credit to, uh, the, the Morehouse Atlanta AU center base and, and the alums who come home. Uh, to, to watch those games. So uh, yeah. it's, it's a nice Homecoming atmosphere. Is big. Homecoming is big for us, you know, Doc. So uh, I think one thing that uh, always was uh, key to our success was being at home and knowing that we were going to lose, but we wanted to have a good time anyway. <laughs> so we had a good time, man. Um, but other than that, thank you. Doc, thank you, Drew, for uh, having me on with you, okay? Yes, yes. So let's get into talking about uh, the article, uh, a great piece that you put together on HBCU Legends. Uh, of course, that's part of the uh, SI.com uh, network there. Uh, historic deal, HBCU Go deals with the SWAC CIAA long overdue. Now, you this is based on you You had a conversation with Byron Allen. Um, is that correct? That's how I read that? Yeah. So this is the second time I spoke to Mr. Allen. We we had a conversation on Friday afternoon. Uh, pretty good conversation. Uh, he talked about the deal. He talked about the historic uh, aspects of the deal. And he also went in talking about how big time media agencies have taken black entities like the SWACs, uh, CIAA for granted all these years and why it's so important that he as a black man was able to be able to negotiate this uh, deal for the SWAC as well as CIAA and be able to also take that content and distribute it through the CBS platforms, right? Uh, but also through his uh, Grio network, which when he bought the Black uh, News Channel a couple of News weeks channel. ago, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. For $11 million, he's now converted that into the Grio. And now that's going to be able to have a global type of presence for HBCU sport. So, and, you know, and he said some other 
very interesting comments uh, later in our uh, talk uh, that were pretty off the record. But I, I think right now Byron is at a point where he uh, sees the opportunity that he could possibly expand into other conferences as well and be able to stream the, the, the content. But uh, I don't know the financial terms. I've I asked him a couple of times, hey, what are the financials behind this and how will it benefit the SWAT CIAA? Didn't want to disclose that. Uh, he said because based on them being a private entity, it didn't have to really do it. But I did speak to another conference commissioner and that conference commissioner told me it shouldn't have been a problem. So uh, I, I don't know why they're uh, choosing to go the non-disclosed route, but uh, that's their right to do so. Uh, but another source got with me and said it looks more like it's going to be a 10-year, $120 million type of deal. So I don't know how that breaks I, down yeah, to each that. member of the conference or anything to that nature. So that's what I know. I, I've heard that number previously tossed around and and one of the things that and I, I've learned this through you know and, and this is if you listen to Dr. Cavill's show Thursday I mean you all you gotta do is sometimes just listen it's like like said like he said you just listen to class and sometimes you take notes every time you should take notes but he'll tell you that most of these conferences themselves and the media entities don't themselves actually put the numbers out there. The numbers are always from another source. You know, it's like nobody ever wants to talk about how much money is being paid or given out, but it always comes out, right? That's part of the plan. Mm. But I think with, with these being public universities, eventually we'll start to know these numbers uh, because I think I, I recall having a conversation with Dr. McClellan and he told me that, even as games are played or games are added, schools have a chance to earn, they'll earn more money. So as the expansion of this deal happens, more money that will come in from this game will go to the schools. So whatever number you're hearing today, it potentially most likely will be more than what we're hearing. That That's just kind of off of conversation I had with Dr. McClellan previously. Well, Brian, here, here's the, the the whole deal. Byron Allen made his money not through, okay, let me get it straight. It's more through the acquisitions, right, and syndication. And think about, and he, he kind of walked me through this. He said, remember Oprah, when she was with King's World, she didn't make a lot of money then. Is only when she started owning her own content. Right. And then she took her content and syndicated it to the district, uh, the different networks and affiliates across the country. That's how she became a billionaire. Right. And when you're able to syndicate the content, just like what you guys are doing, you produce great content. This content can be syndicated and other people are going to purchase it and be able to put it out on their network. That's the real power of the money, uh, replicating what you're doing. And uh, 
I think right now, I don't know if the SWAC as well as CIAA will be a part of the syndication rights. Don't know. Uh, and I hate to speculate, but all I'm saying is right now, what we do know is that it's, we got a landmark deal and we have a pretty historic uh, possibility for these conferences to start negotiating and position the power with, let's say, the four-letter network, right, as well as other people who want to be a part of their broadcast, you know, uh, for Jackson State or for Bowie or for Norfolk or anywhere like that, you know, um, it, it has to be where we now take control of our content and be able to say, if you want to be a part of what we're producing, this is what it's going to take for you guys to do it. And you're going to have to pay X amount of dollars. That's where we are right now. Drew, I can't hear you. We got you, Drew. We lost you. We lost you. Okay, we'll check. Are you? You might be on mute. Let's see whether um, Mel, are you hearing uh, Drew? I I can keep going until we figure out Drew's situation here with his audio. Um, so one of my one of my questions, um, Kyle, did at any point in the conversation did did you and Byron did he talk about previous, um? The, the previous deal or the the BET uh, relationship with HBCUs in the past. I mean, and, and uh, Robert Johnson and did that ever come up? Because I, I'm just Never. from a historical standpoint. Okay, I, I just wondered how he viewed that deal, or how he dealt, or how he viewed what they presented and what they contributed to HBCUs then versus what he's doing now. Obviously, times have changed. So, I mean, just from a historical standpoint, you know, that that's curious. And we were kind of joking about it earlier. You know, obviously, we still get people that want to mention BET when they when they talk, when, they, when the conversation comes up. You see them in the, in, every now and then somebody will, it's almost like a spam bot. Somebody will come out of left field and start asking about BET. And it's like, what? It's like, right. what are you talking about? Don't you realize that's a Viacom station? Anyway, um, Let's see, Drew, you you back here? He's, he's working on his audio. He may have to log out. Nope, don't have you, Drew. No audio there. So we'll yeah, have to figure so, out. He may have to log out. Yeah, Brian, you make a good point. Go ahead, Kyle. Um, that's a good point that Robert Johnson and his network did package a deal, did have the net, you know, have the content out, out on there. Uh, Byron never focused on that. He was focused on what Allen Media Group was contributing yeah. to this deal right now. And I think, and I want to be correct on this, from the conversation, he really wanted to talk about how the deal was going to bring put money in the pockets of the institutions, the, the conferences as well. That was his main focus, making sure that, you know, he said it's not the multi-billion dollar deal that the Big Ten did. Of course, but it's a start, and we started from zero, and now we're, exactly. this is where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's so a good that, point. That's starting pretty from, much what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, starting from zero. I mean, people people want to start throwing around the, the you know when they look at the Big Ten money and all that. We don't have that. We never started there. We're 
<laughs> we start. We say you start at zero, and then you got to work your way up. Uh, but now the question about the ten years comes up. People asking about the the longevity of that. Uh, did, did you have any concerns or questions as it related to why ten years versus a shorter deal? Given so he never would see. confirm with he he would never confirm with me the length as well as the financial aspects of the deal. I want to clarify that. And I, I did make that point in the the okay. article. I I was able to obtain that information per another source. Okay. Okay. So okay. Byron would never eat. I also approached the SWAC. And the SWAC would not confirm. The only thing the SWAC would confirm, as well as Byron confirmed, was it's a multi-year agreement. That's the only thing that they would choose to uh, confirm. All right. Right. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, we got you now, Drew. How you doing, Doc? Welcome back to the show. Hey, I'm Welcome fine. Don't show. know what your what fault, happened, not the producer's happened. fault. Just want to make that known. Yeah, that's what she put out there. I don't, I don't know what happened. She, 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 she. Don't put that on her. Something in there. I'm not saying. Uh, Go ahead. All right. First of all, just want to remind Kyle that uh, you know you talk about that bullhouse attendance, but uh, you know Tuskegee has led the. Division two in attendance of uh, many years. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. And I'll see you in Birmingham. Oh, That's number two. There we go. Uh, Did but, we beat y'all last year? Didn't we? We ain't going to talk tail? about all that now. Spank tail, red tail. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to worry about all that. But seriously, though, Kyle, uh, we've seen the, the SWAC numbers. Uh, we know they're working with the CIAA. Haven't heard anything from uh, official from the CIAA outside of the schedule. But uh, they're also supposed to be working a BAC deal. Am I correct on that? Do you know? Would uh, not would not, would not offer one way, shape, or form the other conferences. He would not speak on that. Okay, that, and that's why I was going. Could, did, did you have any information about, because, you know, there has been speculation about the BIAC conference. So I was just curious to see if you guys mm-hmm. had that type of conversation so, all and I can any tell you, future dealings uh, that he, he may be leaning towards. Yeah, all I know is a, another streaming platform is vying for another HBCU conference. And that was given to me directly from a credible source. Two credible sources. And I should say that now. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's interesting. I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show today, but we talked about uh, back in 1996 when B, excuse me, it was ABC had a deal with the SWAC and the BAC that totaled the sum of $40,000 for everybody that they had to split up between mm-hmm. those two conferences. And now We've got we've got people fighting over the money for uh, for these conferences and people in Twitterverse talking about you not getting enough money. So, by golly, how far have okay. we come, Kyle? Yeah, 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 Drew. And and this is what I just told uh, Brian is that Byron reiterated probably three times in our conversation. If I'm looking at my notes correctly, we're starting from zero to this point where we are all right and 
we're talking about these conferences have been overlooked and marginalized by Madison Avenue, the ad agencies. And, and he, he kind of educated me on this point. He said, a lot of people think it's the corporation's fault. Uh, so let's say, let's just pick a corporation. Let's say, let's say McDonald's, all right? Who he has sued before, <laughs> all right? Uh, let's just say McDonald's from the African-American consumers makes around $30 billion off us each year, okay? So therefore, if we are not challenging them to put their money back into our institutions, it's our fault. That's what he was saying. You, and he said, you, the media, you, Kyle, if you're not writing these articles to challenge these corporations to be able to reinvest in our neighborhoods, in our culture, in our educational systems, we are at fault with this. We have to challenge these guys more. And at Madison Avenue, what they do, the, the ad agencies, they go look for partners and they have millions and millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So they're looking for partners to be able to say, all right, our, our uh, client who's McDonald's, they want to you know, partner with you guys. So we haven't showed them the value of partnering with HBCU sports until Coach Prime showed up recently. And now right. they understand the dollars and cents. Now I can take it home close to the network I'm affiliated with, Sports Illustrated, okay? When we launched HBCU Legends, they didn't see the, the dollars and the cents in it. They knew the need for the cultural side was a necessity, right? So a whole year passed or more, and now Deion Sanders is a hot brand name. So what do they do? They put him on the cover of Sports Illustrated, right? Now, they could have done that all in season last season, right? But they did not choose to do so. Why did they do so? Because they they knew that the sponsors and the people who were trying to buy ads and stuff during th this time is going to be more plentiful for them than before. So you've got to show the, uh, the type of product to be able to have them to gravitate to and want to spend their money. That's what the Big Ten is doing. The Big Ten bringing on USC as well as um, UCLA. Uh, UCLA, right? Those are brands, guys. Those are brands. Grambling is a brand. FAMU is a brand. You see where you got FAMU, that's a brand. Jackson State's a brand, right? So how can we elevate the other entities like S Southern's a brand? to become brands where these ad agencies will say, let's spend some money with these guys. Maybe NBC Sports, uh, ABC back in the day, because I remember when ABC used to put on the uh, Bayou Classic. You remember that, Brian? It, the, the Bayou Classic was every year we knew, if we, I didn't go to the game, we knew we could see it on television. That went away. Then NBC picked it up, right? Last season, if guys did not realize, 
the Peacock channel was the one picking up the Bayou Classic, not NBC. Mm-hmm. So yep. what's it going to take to put NBC to put this prime game for HBCU Sports back on its network for in, in, in front of their people again? And I think that's what has happened this year. Now it's going to go back to NBC. All right. All right, Kyle, you like you had a busy week this week uh, with, with your fingers on the uh, keyboard because you also put out a, a very interesting <laughs> article uh, about the NFL's third annual HBCU Open House Roundtable. Uh, tell everybody about, about that article that you put out. Okay, so that's every year. So last year, um, one of the the people from the NFL got with me and I was able to interview the VP of football administration in operation. She works for um, Troy Vincent, Natasha, that, that's her name. Uh, so we were able to have a conversation. Um, what the HBCU NFL uh, partnership is trying to do right now with the SWAC, MEAC, SIAC, as well as the uh, CIAA right now, they brought all the commissioners together. They had a roundtable panel forum discussing some of the issues like Title IX as well as diversity within sports and things of that nature, as well as they had some of the student athletes as well as some students from uh, those different conferences participating in the dialogues as well. And last year they had a gaming uh, type of platform and contests. They also had some other digital internships that they were giving out to these young people. So it's something that the NFL wants to be able to promote more of and has been doing it over the past three seasons. Let me ask this, Kyle, let me jump in and ask why the NFL and and not you know, the, the NBA or MLB, what, what is it that, or who, or what is it that makes the NFL uniquely positioned to create this type of uh, environment and opportunity? I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a league, obviously it's a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar league. What is it about them that sets them apart from the other leagues in, in being able to do something like this? Well, I don't want to say the NBA is not because I recall during All-Star and right before All-Star season, they had some initiatives for HBCUs. And during the season, they also had each team to do HBCU games, right? Um, so, and I know I did cover, because I also covered the Pelicans. So they did cover at, the all-star game through I think Twitter and a couple other major sponsors were a part of helping bring on some new interns through their HBCU initiatives. So NBA is doing that. I don't hear much from in MLB. I'll be honest with you. And uh, we have talked about that here in Houston area, especially with the Houston Astros. However, what, MLB did do and Houston Astros did do in uh, this town is that they had nine young people from Texas Southern University, a part of their 
summer internship program and they learn anywhere from the ticket sales to promotions to marketing and uh, behind the scenes business administration as well. So they have been doing some stuff. I don't think MLB promotes it a lot. And I know NASCAR is starting to do it. When I had a conversation with Denny Hamlin, right? I had an interview probably six, seven months ago with him. Uh, as you know, as far as his team, he has Bubba Wallace on this team. He's in partnership with Michael Jordan, right? And they're trying, and they brought in twenty-four young people from HBCUs to be a part of their network through FedEx. So. There are programs out there, Brian. It's just, I think NFL, when you look at what Troy Vincent has been promoting heavily, he's been pounding this. We got to do more to help HBC students, the, the, uh, the players. We need to get them into our pipeline. But it all started, and I got to give Dion a credit for this. Remember, he was on the network, and he brought it to light when he was announced where well, he was doing being an analyst to say why aren't there more hbcu guys here at the combine remember that that's how this yep. all kind of got jump started again the our uh a renaissance or re revitalization of the interest in hbcus and um then you have guys like jim trotter steve weich who really push the and the narrative with the NFL and they're not afraid to even push it in front of Roger Goodell. So I got to right. give those guys credit for what they've been doing. Yeah. The guys, guys who have paid their dues, they put in years and not that they weren't saying anything before, but you know, the opportunity presented itself and those guys in those positions didn't hesitate to speak up. And now because of, things within our society and other things going on. It's like the right time, the right time, meet the right people, meet the, the right messaging. And, and, and I think that's what you're saying. So let me ask this follow-up real quick. I'm going to bring it back to Byron Allen because interesting enough, the fact what I found interesting about this story about the NFL bringing these commissioners together. And you were just talking about the education of the ad agencies. It's almost like that, that secret entity that we really don't know anything about. You know, it's like they work in the background in the shadows. If you were one, if you in were someone shadows. who watched this, yes. If you, if you watch mad, what, what was, what was the name of the, of the show? Uh, about the mad agency, men. mad men. Mad yes. Men. Yes. Yeah, mad men. Yes. So if you, if you, if you think of them in that respect, what, what is Byron Allen going to be doing here to sort of educate but I mean great it's great he's giving money is there any talk of educating not just commissioners but presidents athletic directors because there's a lot of people who don't understand the business side of television and I think they could benefit from someone with with his knowledge and background uh, so I, I'm just curious if that was a was a was a conversation or did it come that up? That was a conversation heard... point. That was a conversation okay. point toward the end of our conversation. He and I did speak about the educational side as well as educating media like myself because he had a talk with uh, 
the National Association of Black Journalists. He did a, a session with those guys, right? I think it was virtual. Uh, but it's important for commissioners, athletic directors, presidents of these institutions to be more business savvy in negotiating these deals, uh, being a part of what they know could help the university, if not now, a little bit later, right? And every, every time when we presented money deals, a lot of times we wanted to cash out immediately, right? Just give me the money now. But the real money, when it comes to broadcasting, is through syndicated networks. And you know that, Brian. And that's the power. And that's what he kept on harping on with me, is that get these guys to a point where their content can be not only shown once, but multiple times. And sit on a, uh, a database somewhere where if, if you chose to be able to pull it up on your app, you can be able to pull it up and cha-ching, ads, revenues, and stuff still get to be generated as a result. All right. Yeah. Kyle, uh, last question before we get out of here. Uh, and this is something that we've seen in the Twitterverse. You, <laughs> we're all journalists. You work for a journalist organization. Brian and I do it as a... Second love. Yes. Yes. Time. I own my my organization. Preach. Okay. I own HBCU Legends, Saints News Network, Pelican Scoop. Tenacious Media Group owns those entities. Sports Illustrated is my partner. True. Thank you for clarifying. I write the content. We 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 share the ad revenue, just like what Byron was saying. We share. And my content is just every time it gets distributed across networks, I get paid. So a lot of people say, oh, you're a part of Sports Illustrated. I'm not. And I want to make that clear. We are partners. These are my boys. But <laughs> we get paid together step by step along the way. All right. Nice. And, and, and coming back to circle to the question that I was going to ask you, there's there, there's a line when you receive information on how much you can disseminate and at what level you can disseminate that information and even some of the questions that you can publicly ask when you're writing your articles. You know, you can, you can kind of point people to the direction, but you can't really put it put certain stuff out there if you understand what I'm saying. How how do you gotcha. kind of how do you kind of draw <laughs> that how do you draw that line and and understand because you have to protect you got to protect relationships. Obviously you have to protect sources because if you if you reveal too much then you just outed somebody and you may cost that person their livelihood. And you know you can you you can lead people to the questions that they need to ask, but you cannot be the one asking those questions. So how do you how do you do that on a daily? You can ask the questions. You can ask the questions. And in my conversation with Byron, I did ask the questions. He did get agitated. I did push. Okay, so let's... I want to be clear on that because I know there are some young guys out there who would say, as a journalist, if you're not pushing for the truth, 
then what good are you as a journalist? If they don't give you the information <laughs> for, <laughs> did I not push what? for the information? What? <laughs> what? Right? All right. So, wow. Right. So, let, let me clear this up. Yeah, there are certain standards, even uh, if you look at gangs or mobs, right? You got a code. And there's some code of honor that you have to have as a journalist, I believe, as well. So if my source tells me, Kyle, you can't tell, you can't state this at this particular time, but this is what I will give you, okay? I have to protect that source and I have to be credible to that source as well as to my audience. Now, if it's something that's going to be that I can't check out and it can't be fat, you know, factually checked, <laughs> right, verified, then I'm not going to put it out. If you're telling me something that's credible and you've always been credible and I got to be able to maintain my name as being credible as a journalist, then I'm going to put it out. So you're not going to see anything coming from me for sensational ratings or anything to that nature. What you're going to see is that I try to be non-biased. Now, there are times I have some articles, if it's an investigated article, you have to be non-biased, right? If there's an opinionated and editorial type of piece, I can be biased. I can say, hey, you know, uh, Morehouse is going to dominate the world and just destroy everybody in the SIAC. Well, that's me that's being totally biased and off my rocker. So <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> right? But what I'm saying is this, uh, Drew and Brian, is that, yeah, you, you have to be able to tote that line and be able to deliver factual information as a journalist. I think that's the most important thing. Can I be credible in what I'm reporting and how I'm reporting it to the people? All right. All right. Right. Uh, give, give all your handles there, Kyle. So people know where to follow well, you, you and can watch got, you can find your content. Well, first of all, Brian, Drew, thank you guys so much for allowing me to be on the platform. I really, I really do appreciate you, t you guys asking me, man. And uh, I respect what you guys are doing, Dr. Cavill and everybody, part of your network, Jamie and those guys, you know, for the longest, we didn't know, I didn't know you guys until I met you guys. And I appreciate meeting right. you guys at SWAC. Thank you so much. Um, Find us at HBCU Legends on Twitter, Facebook, as well as on Instagram. And you can find me at KT Moles on same Twitter, Facebook, as well as on Instagram, KTMOZE. All right. Who you, who you got in the challenge? So, the XY challenge. Yeah, man. I, Eddie Robinson <laughs> is my, is my homeboy from New Orleans. I I want to go with Eddie. I, my heart really wants to go with Eddie, uh, but I, I think I'm gonna have to go with Howard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I felt a butt coming in there real quick. Right? Yeah. I heard it. I heard it. I you, felt you know how they say like... everything you say before that butt is negated. You didn't mean exactly. <laughs> Did the full 180 on us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. Hey, uh, Thank Kyle, you, we, we, yeah, no, we, we appreciate you. Uh, appreciate all your content. Uh, thank you for sharing, uh, that great conversation. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more on the other side about 
what it means, some of the networks, because I, you know, I know a lot of people are wondering, hey, what networks? And, and there's terminology that maybe a lot of people don't know. And so uh, we're going to share that on the other side. But again, go check the article again. HBCU Legends is where you can uh, go find Kyle uh, on on Twitter and then check out the article. Read it for yourself. Uh, great conversation that he had with uh, Byron Allen and uh, appreciate your time again, Kyle. Thank you, man. Thank you. We're talking hey, hey, down guys, the road. I got to sure. say this. I got, I got to yes. give a teaser. We're going to have okay. something on the eight on something on the HBCU league pass coming up too. Oh, wow. Good conversation okay. which, is, well. which we're partners with here at the black college sports network. Yeah. Cool. yeah they, All right. We look, we look know, forward uh, to that. Todd is doing some good stuff. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Y'all take care. Thank Stay. you. Make sure to, Make sure to tag us when that stuff uh, happens. Well, quick, quick job, producer. All right, then. Uh, let's go to a break <laughs> and come back after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Newman College is an HBCU in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we prepare students for a different world. Stillman is a college of distinction for last year and this year. Our largest majors are business and biology, followed closely by psychology, criminal justice, and history for pre-law, communications, English, and religion. Our newest degree programs are in the Department of Computational Sciences, which covers cybersecurity, data analytics, and math. The Biomedical Academy prepares students for competitive entry into health professions and graduate programs. We have established summer biomedical research internships with major research institutions, such as the University of Alabama, Drexel and Temple Universities in Philadelphia, the Salk Institute in San Diego, California, and the universities of Florida, Indiana, and Iowa. We became creative with social distancing and masks for the pandemic. Our students enjoy movie nights at the stadium and the new Melissa and Davis Legacy Courtyard where you can eat and enjoy friends. We have the Divine Nine Greek Letter Organizations student government leadership and ambassadors. Our small class sizes, nurturing faculty, and friendly environment let you know that Black Lives Matter at Stillman College each and every day. Applications are free. Sign up at discover.stillman.edu. Complete the contact card and apply today. Stillman College where we prepare students.
for a different world. Okay, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, great conversations going on in the chat room. Uh, I'm Dr. Gaville. Uh, appreciate everybody in there. Um, TDOS, Nicholas Finch, uh, Israel Carey, maybe some people who I didn't spot out. David Garner, I mentioned maybe. Um, so some good, good, good information and great information from Kyle. So look here, let's let's break this down, Drew, because I think a lot of people. Uh, when they hear certain things about this deal, uh, maybe don't know terminology, right? So I'm, I'm not going to assume everybody does, okay? Because a lot of the articles don't really go into do detail, right? So I'm just going to first start from Kyle's article uh, where he talks about how HBCUs will be watched with HBCU goes uh, and CBS. So uh, on the 16th is when Allen Media Group officially announced after signing separate distribution partnerships with the SWAC and CIAA that HBCU Go will distribute the conference's content via CBS-owned and operated duopoly stations. Stop right there. Okay. Right. Owned and operated duopoly stations. You're going to have to define that in a minute. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to come back to what is, uh, what is, uh, what is that term duopoly uh, mean. Also, HBCU Go has secured distribution with group-owned television stations, including uh, there's several here: Nextstar, Gray, Cox, Scripps, Tinga, Sinclair, Lockwood, Allen Media Broadcasting, Hearst, Circle City Broadcasting, McKinnon Broadcasting, Cows, Graham, Block, Sun Broadcasting, Tugaloo College, Sugamore Hill, and Marquis. Okay, um, so going back to the word, the phrase duopoly, right? And I got to give a shout out to my guy Marcus Green for sending me a sending us a great link that breaks down duopoly and the existing duopolies. Okay, uh, so in media terms, a duopoly is the ownership of two stations by a company in a given market. Prior to 1999, duopolies were forbidden on broadcast television until the FCC voted four to one to allow duopolies provided that one of the stations has rating low enough to meet the criteria allowing the duopoly. Ad hoc duopolies can occur when the owner of a station takes over management of a second station, which is owned by another company. This occurs through limited marketing agreements. Okay. Okay. First part there. Now, I'm going to relate this to my hometown of Indianapolis. I remember this when it happened. Um, and there's a spreadsheet. I'm trying to find Indy on the market list. What number are we? I see Orlando. Where is Indy on this list? Are we on this list? I know we're on this list, Drew. Uh, 25, okay? No, the 25th market is Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay? Uh, the one duopoly in the city is... Uh, WTTV4, Channel 4, which is a CBS station. That station is owned by Nexstar. 
They also own WXIN Channel 59, which is the Fox affiliate. So that same company owns CBS Channel 4 WTTV, and they own the WXIN Channel 59 Fox. Because I remember there was a period of time, Drew, when a lot of the networks were trying to figure out, oh, you know, something. Look, they, the CBS affiliate was having the change. It used to be on one station, and then it had to move to another station, um, things of that nature. That may have gone on in other cities, right? So let me bring it back to CBS owned and operated. I'm not hearing you, Drew. I don't, I'm not hearing you. If, you. if you just said something, I'm not hearing you. Nope, I don't hear you again. Okay. So I'm going to keep going here until you until I hear where you're at. So for CBS owned and operated stations, Okay, and and this is why you heard in that article, you heard that all of a sudden now certain cities were going to have an opportunity to carry these HBCU games on HBCU Go. You heard about cities like New York, L.A., Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, uh, Atlanta, uh, Boston, um, just for example, um, those were some of the cities that were mentioned. I don't know if you have any of those. I'm trying to find those other cities as well. But what what you end up having here, do I have him yet? Bike check, can you hear me? No, I got you now. I got you now. Okay. Okay. So with the CBS in New York, right, they have a CBS – in Chicago, right? Or, or CBS in New York. WCBS Channel 2. That CBS also owns Channel 56, which is an independent station. Right? So, Correct. obviously, if there's a game that's airing at 4, four o'clock, 6 o'clock Eastern, the main CBS may not is their slot. 3.30, okay. So there may yes. be a game on 3.30 on the normal CBS, right? But mm-hmm. it will be carried, could be carried on Channel 56 on the independent station, right? Correct. Or also, right. as a lot of these stations have now, is a dot .2 and a dot .3 version of their uh, TV station. So you have two options to carry it on the dot .2 and the dot .3. Uh, for instance, Los Angeles, KCBS, which the CBS station is Channel 2. They also own KCAL, which is Channel 9, which is an independent. In Dallas, Texas, WFFF, excuse me, WFAA, which is actually an AEC, ABC affiliate, but it's owned by Tinga. Also owns channel twenty nine KMPX. So those those just a couple of examples. And let's see, we have that you said gray, correct, uh, Brian? Well, here's Scribs. Uh, now let's go to gray. I'm trying to find a gray station. Was Cox part of the deal, or was it Nexstar? Uh, so on the article it says. 
Next, I know Next Star was one. Yes, Next Star, Gray, Ancock, right. Scripps, Kinga, yeah, Tegna. Excuse so, me. so do they have uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, as one of the cities? Uh, Charlotte, North I don't Carolina. Have the let's I, see. Yeah, Charlotte is record is twenty two. They have both Next Star and Cox and Charlotte. So you have but, multiple but, options in Charlotte. That but the scene, I don't know the who thing, they signed their agreement with. Yes. Next Star. Right, but they did sign distribution degrees with Nexstar and Cox stations also, so these could be on one of those, one of their duopoly stations, which would be either Channel 55 or 64 in Charlotte, depending on whether Charlotte is signed as Nexstar or Charlotte is signed as Cox. Right. Now, I, I know for, I know I did see Atlanta tweet out uh, one of the stations in Atlanta. Which is a great uh, now, station. Atlanta gray right it's cbs channel 46 um i don't know is that a channel 17 is the independent station okay channel 17 is the independent station right correct and i'm trying to see is that a okay yeah i i'm trying to i saw the tweet come out earlier regarding which atlanta station had signed a deal to uh broadcast but um I mean that's, and I don't I don't know where that initial article is, Drew. Um, I know Kyle's article was. Um, I don't see here it mentioning per se the cities. Um, just the fact that the syndication deal opens up sixty percent of all U.S. households and approximately 67% of all African-American households part of that CBS deal. And so that in part is part of the um, CBS owned and operated stations, uh, that duopoly that they spoke of, right? So uh, just wanted to just wanted to share that with folks. So that way you guys are understanding if you're in one of those markets, uh, HBCU football is coming your way. Um, now, before we go to break, I did wonder who are the, what are these, has the CIA, CIAA listed their games yet? Do we know which games are part of the CIAA package? I have not seen the HBCU Go games yet. Okay. On, uh, that is supposed to be on CBS. Oh, excuse me. On, um, uh, as part of the HBCU Go game, I have not seen those games yet. So it's going to be interesting to see which one of those. So you have, see, you have, you, you're going to have probably five to six games that you're going to be able to watch if you're an HBCU sports fan because ESPN has about two to three games every weekend. HBCU Go will have at least one game every weekend in the SWAC. That's not counting whatever comes out of the CIAA or the BAC deal. Then ESPN also has at least one game every week in the SIAC. So you may have seven games that you that you will be able to watch. Some of them free. And it looks like at least one game per week is going to be free. Uh, what I mean free, you do not have to subscribe to some type of subscription service to find it. Now, that may be linear, that may be digital, but it looks like one game is going to be free every week. 
Right. Uh, so the HBCU Go first broadcast is uh, September 10th at Florida A&M University when Albany State comes to Tallahassee. That's a 6 p.m. time. Yes, Charlie Neal. I saw a lot of people in the chat room talking about that. Charlie Neal is the lead announcer. Uh, had the great pleasure of talking to him at SWAC Media Day. Uh, that was an honor, to say the least. Let's take a break. Come back. Let's get into talking about our predictions for week zero, which uh, the season starts coming up in six days. So uh, let's go to a break. You're watching a BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic we can help find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org when you're looking for the latest information on southern university sports the southwestern athletic conference and hbcu athletics there's only one place to go Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. For my people that don't get to see me, trying to remind you who you are just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world just like a day to breezy. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, hey, this for my people that don't get to see me, trying to remind you who you are just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world just like a day to breezy. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching, hey, Motivation. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. we have here joining us on the bcsn sports wrap it's our good friend mo carter 
who happen to be Surprise watching, guess. listening, listening to the show, and wanted to drop some knowledge. Of course, Mo, uh, the sports director, WZDX in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Mo, what? Uh, obviously, you were listening to the conversation with Kyle, uh, who had a conversation with Byron Allen. You are very familiar with uh, these television network operations and how these things work. What what information do you want to share with us? We, we love hearing and talking with you. Well, first of all, I want to uh, give a shout out to Kyle for dropping that um, article that he did over this weekend or whatever and whatnot to, to kind of, you know, put a little bit more information out there and whatnot. Um, so I'm glad he was able to go ahead and, you know, uh, do that. Now, as for myself, Here's the situation. So obviously my station here in Huntsville is one of the ones that will be broadcasting those things. So I've actually kind of known what the schedule, well, what the tentative schedule was going to look like for a while, along with talking with some, um, you know, account people and whatnot. So as far as the whole identity of the whole package and whatnot, I'm going to go ahead and take some people back. If you kind of grew up in, especially in the South, in the 90s, you're probably, and early 2000s, you're probably very familiar with a company called Jefferson Pilot. Jefferson Pilot used to do all these SEC and ACC games. Actually, that's how a lot of people were able to discover a lot of SEC football games and whatnot, the ones that were not airing like on CBS or didn't get the ESPN um, time slot, and this is even the time before ESPN2 actually started showing sports. I remember a time when ESPN2 was showing like extreme sports and all that. So, you know, um, so Jefferson Pilot was trying to take that secondary game and whatnot. So, uh, perfect, so perfect example. I grew up in South Louisiana. I was in the Baton Rouge market. So, WAFB Channel 9, you know, they would have like the SEC game of the week, but they also were the ones who would also do the Jefferson Pilot game. So, you would have that game going on like at 1130. And let's say that game, you know, kind of went over past the 230 slide or whatever. WAFB would move it to one of their secondary stations. Um, I think uh, at the time, I think they were they owned like a UPN or uh, or or my network, what one of those, what you call it. So, and that was the case for many, many, um, many, many TV stations across the land that kind of had that. So, with this Byron Allen deal now, Byron has basically gone out and talked to all these different companies, all these different stations and whatnot, and basically. If they have space in their main television front, they're going to produce these HBCU games to go on those main television stations. If they don't, then they're going to go on what AD said, the dot two channels or the sub channels. For instance, here in Huntsville, obviously we've got Big Ten, Big 12 games that will come on Fox 54, but we got the CW station or whatever. So that's where our games will air at this year on the CW, you know, which is, you know, our secondary whatever station. But guess what? That's a main station still here. And forgive me, my son's in the background and whatnot as well. Y'all know besides me being a good sports anchor and and being an HBCU fan, I also have to be a good dad. Hey, man, we good? <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, that's probably what he won. 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, so basically, what Byron's basically doing is that yeah, it's gonna it's gonna vary from city to city. That's why I can't wait for them to like literally come out and be like, all right, in this city you're gonna have this, in this city you're gonna have that stage. Like I can't wait to see what the full full breakdown is for like where these games will truly truly air at just in general because obviously there are cities that have you know they got dot four five and sixes while other ones only have dot two dot three you know we're talking about it from uh from a linear standpoint so really that's what i really really like on the fact that you can find it on tv one way or the other it's just going to be a matter of what city you are and also you're just getting that information that's why i'm really really hoping that hbcu go will be able to give some kind of breakdown as far as like hey if you're in cincinnati if you're in cleveland if you're in memphis if you're in um oklahoma city like I would love to see that breakdown each and every week. Obviously, some places have already put theirs out. I know, like Atlanta, I think they're going to have it on one of their sub channels. I mentioned here we got it on the CW, and I think I saw like Louisville, Kentucky. I think is either putting it on their Mind Network or their CW. It's one of one of those two. So that's kind of like really what the breakdown is, or what when you kind of look at it from the secondary standpoint and the syndication packages for local television now obviously we're still going to have it on the digital fronts as well whether it's the hbcu go app or the hbcu go.tv i think is the website uh y'all might have to check that or whatever but y'all know exactly what i'm talking about from that so the fact that there's going to be a variety is really really going to be good and the fact that also this is the secondary deals it's not even the primary mm-hmm. right right um so yeah, we might have we might have Mo got caught up on a hiccup there. So uh, producer Mel, if he if he uh, comes back in, just plug him back in. But just to just to explain what Mo as it relates to his Huntsville market. So Huntsville is the number seventy nine market, right, Drew? Um, the duopoly yes. that is owned by Nexstar. Ding ding ding. There's that name, right? They own a CBS affiliate in Huntsville, and guess like Mo just said, Brian, 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 Brian. I think yeah. you just also have video. No, no, we're still, we're still there. Okay, we're still there. We're still there. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching. Uh, we're still. I watch it. I got it. We're still streaming. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it may have just been a hiccup. Uh, okay, so, um, where, where was I? Okay, so again, what, Huntsville owned by this. The duopoly is Nexstar owned. Channel 19 CBS is the primary, the secondary. CW Channel 15. That was what Mo was talking about. That's who's airing the game in Huntsville. Um, I was look. He mentioned Louisville. Uh, I don't know where. I don't think they're a top 25. I don't see their market so what again you can almost connect the dot so any of the cities that were mentioned drew any of those cities what we'll be able to do okay we got mo back hey sorry about that uh i guess i must have just lost service over here yeah no no what i was saying mo earlier to uh drew uh this sheet that i have which uh one of our guys uh found for us shows all the duopolies in the in the country so huntsville mm-hmm. market market number 79 owned by Nexstar, which is one of those companies that was mentioned in the in the press release right that's going to be 
uh, a part of the broadcast deal. They own the CBS Channel 19. Their secondary is the CW Channel 15 in your market, right? So, yeah. All right, so we we've Jack lost. lost uh, I think we lost. Yeah, we lost Mo again. So, um, Drew, anything you want to add into this? And I, and I think what we'll do is it'll be great to really break this down. And obviously, you'll have to wait on the official list. But I'm going to be interested to see how much different the official list is from the list that we have access to, because it'll probably be very similar. Uh, when it officially comes out, right? Correct. Correct. All right. Mo, All any, right. any uh, get out third, the car. third time's the jump. Any, <laughs> oh, anything you yeah. want to add before we uh, let, let's uh, – But I know you, you're busy, your hands are tied. Real quick, real quick, Mo, give us a prediction or a thought. Miak Swag Challenge coming up. Can Bama State uh, get one? Can they break this, this curse or just this – can they get one for the Swag? I'm going to be honest with you, as much as I really, really want Bama State to get this, right now I may have to give the advantage just to Howard right now, and I'm talking about maybe a one-possession advantage in this situation because, once again, yes, I do know Eddie Robinson Jr. from him calling HBCU games back in the day. He was my broadcast partner when I was play-by-play at Alabama State for a couple of years. Guy knows the game of football, but obviously a whole lot of things are brand new. I mean, I think Mr. Davis is the quarterback that transferred for Auburn. He's going to be a solid for them, but he just joined that program like in May. So how quickly can they get those things going? Also, we know the deal. It's a week zero game. We may see some ugly football come uh, next week, just, you know, hands down from that. But, um, yeah, right now I think I'm going to give Howard the advantage. But if Bama State is able to pull off a victory or whatever – then, you know, then kudos because of the fact that, you know, the swag has struggled in this game for quite some time. So we'll see how it goes, man. All right. All right. Definitely. Um, appreciate you, Mo, man. Thank you for uh, jumping in with us. All right. We'll let you get back to daddy duties. All right. All right. <laughs> sounds, sounds good, guys. Do appreciate that. Hold on. If y'all give me two seconds, I can I can pull out the, the, the future HBCU standout. There you go. I told y'all. Let's see. There you go. Say, hey, guys. Hey. Uh Uh-oh. Hi. Hey. 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 There we go. Hey, we got a high. There we go. So, look. There we go. We got a high. Dr. Bill, about a month ago, class of 2037, you know, you guys can have – y'all guys can have an invite for the – for the – for the announcement, for the announcement of wherever he'll put his hat on. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Now, now indeed. the question yeah, is: yeah. Is he gonna follow in his daddy's footsteps in Southern, or if you stay in the Huntsville area, is he gonna stay at home and play for A and M? Ah, we gonna see. We, we we gonna see on that one. Remember, there's a lot of time between now and then to see what's going on with that. Um, now, now that's the answer I give you. Now, if you ask my wife, well, you know what she says. Uh oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Hey, well, thank you, Mo. We appreciate you, Mo. Right. For, uh, for no problem, guys. Y'all take it. it in. Nope. Okay, we'll talk soon. All, All right. right. Mo, Mo how, Carter. How great is that, Brian, to have to have uh, P. 
people uh, just, just chime in. Like, I, I want to add to the conversation in the middle of our show, Brian. Right, right. Got to love it, man. Got to love it. Well, look, I mean, that's thankfully being live uh, will allow us to do that. So uh, we, we appreciate Mo joining us. All right, Drew, we got to get in and give him some picks. Uh, now, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we need. We still have not talked about. We have not. You know what? And I, I feel like these are regular season games. Um, so uh, do, do we go through the win loss totals? I mean, do you want to go, go through that real quick? We got do we have time, Drew. I mean, I don't know. We got to manage time here. We got 15 minutes. Let's just let's, let's just hit the ones that's playing this weekend. and We can save everybody else for next week. Okay, so these are the BCSN computer ranking. These are predictions. Drew, explain how we come up with these predictions. Where do these predictions come from? We're not throwing numbers at the wall, are we? No, even though some people think we are. You know, and, and just you know, those who want to know, I run these numbers on the back and on the PC to make sure my numbers oh, uh, come out. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's well said. It, it, it's it's a formula that we've come up with that measures uh, things such as uh, strength of schedule, uh, expected wins, power rating, and gives uh you know gives points for. Wins, losses, conference wins, conference losses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then we use a few uh, rating systems out there to actually predict which who will win which game. And for the purpose of this, we just took them for what they were. If they said this team had a 51% chance to win, that's who we gave the team to. That's who we gave the win to. So, yeah, we, some of those games were close. It could go either ways. But to keep it simple, keep the bias out of it, whatever the computer came up with, that's what we did. If it was 50.1% for Team A, we gave the win to Team A. Now, what's also interesting, Drew, is that these rankings and these predictions for total wins and losses and conference wins and losses, they don't take into consideration coaching changes, uh, quarterback changes. Quarterback changes. I mean, this is purely how, how active you were in the portal. Yeah, right. This this is purely <laughs> data driven. This is nothing yeah. but numbers. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting and, 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 to look at. Go ahead. I was gonna say, usually with with these these set of numbers, after about week three, you tend to see what I call a market correction. After those first uh, three games, and then the computer gets some accurate numbers for based on this year's talent, you see numbers adjusted. So right as you go into conference, we may put out a second set of numbers as an adjusted number. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that it'll be interesting to look at this number today, heading into week zero and week one, and look at it after week three. Of course, we, the, the BCSN, we don't release our season rankings until, until the first after week four. weekend of October. So the first yeah. weekend of October, that's when we release the poll. That way we've seen all this. The September games have played themselves out. The, the market corrects itself on these predictions. The money games are, now, are done. 
Right. And we, we get a real sense of who is and who isn't or will be and won't. So that's uh, that's just to let you know. So with that said, our first game, I, we'll go with the game and then talk about their predicted uh, total wins and losses. So our first game of the weekend is the Big Cat Classic between Edward Waters University traveling all the way down from Jacksonville, traveling down to Florida Memorial University. Game being played at 3 p.m. Betty T. Ferguson Rec Center in Miami Gardens is where that game is scheduled to be played. Uh, Last year, this game was a 24-20 victory for Edward Waters, who opened up their new stadium, on-campus stadium, having to outscore uh, Florida Memorial 17-7 in the fourth quarter. Matter of fact, I think they had to score two unanswered touchdowns late in the fourth quarter to win this uh, ball game. So by our numbers, um, Florida Memorial uh, is only predicted to have uh, a uh, two total wins this year with one of those being conference um, that pretty much is on script with uh, at least how people voted people within the conference. They play in the sun conference was an NAIA conference, mostly of schools in central and South Florida, uh, that, you know, they're predicted second to last in the, in that Sun Conference. Uh, this is, uh, their first season under, under their head coach. Actually, the third year since they brought football back to Florida Memorial. It's the, it's the first year for Bobby Rome, the second first year at Florida Memorial. That name sounds familiar because he formerly was coaching at Central State for a uh, for a cup of coffee, uh, and and before you know he left there, and so uh, that uh, that he found his way down in South Florida, and then on the other side, Edward Waters, um, coached by Toriano Morgan. Edward Waters predicted uh, where is it at five and six. That's the prediction five and six with two of those coming in the conference. Uh, they are a part of the SIEC Division Two, and so um, Drew, anything you want to add as we prepare to make a prediction here? Who do you got, the Tigers or the Lions in this contest, the Big Cat Classic? Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh my! No, uh, seriously, uh, I've, I've got to go with EWU. Uh, they've got the experience. Uh, they, I, I, we were at that game last year, Bryant. And correct me if I'm wrong, is it that when I can't remember who the the kick returner was? Ever Waters ran back two 100 yard kicks in a row, but only one of them counted. Okay, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that's Florida A and M uh, traveling to take on the Tar Heels of North Carolina. And a FCS versus FBS matchup. We know how much we love those games, right, Drew? I mean, that's where all the way to the bank. All's, all the way to the bank, right? Um, so, what's interesting about this game? <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's start on the Carolina side. Their biggest out, their two biggest offensive producers, their quarterback who got drafted, I believe, by the Redskins. And their running back. That, that would be the commanders. That would be the commanders. I'm Brian. sorry. Thank you. The, <laughs> the commandos. The commanders. Yes. Thank you. And their running back, 
who I forgot where he got drafted. I think he got drafted in the fifth round. They actually had two offensive linemen drafted as well. Um, but that their offense, those two accounted for probably 70 to 80% of the offense. And the quarterback, Sam Howe, was just as much a threat as a running back, a runner, as he was a passer. Okay? <clears throat> and I'm trying to get my notes here. Um, so I think that's sort of the advantage that FAMU has going into this contest because FAMU is the team with the with the experience. Um, I mean, we've talked quite a bit. FAMU has a returning uh, quarterback coming back. Um, they've got the receivers coming back. They've got the running backs. Uh, the defense looks stronger. My guy Kofi feels like this is an FBS level in terms of our depth. Uh, we do have FBS talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think this team will come in very focused. And so I think, you know, it's one of those things, can and will. Do I think FAMU can win this game? <clears throat> yes. Will they remains to be the million-dollar question, Drew. And so I'll be honest. I won't give any predictions because that'll be Wednesday's show. But what are, what do the numbers say uh, about this game? Just a second. Well, while you look that up, let me tell people in terms of total wins and losses, right now our numbers predict that Florida A&M will have – a season high eight total wins. That is a season high among all HBCUs with seven conference wins. That's what our numbers predict. Right now, that game has North Carolina by 34 points over FAMU. So take the points for th- 34 points. I'm sorry, go ahead. I do. I do think FAMU will cover. I think FAMU will be within one score at halftime. Okay. That, 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 that's going to be my prediction. FAMU will be within a score at halftime. Uh, the question for me with FAMU still is, what what is the quarterback situation going to look like? And I'm going to be Mr. honest, that's what. That's why I asked what does a quarterback situation look like. Um, and I'm going to be honest. Will Willie pull the trigger if Rashawn McKay does not come out? And I'm not saying he's got to light it up. And, but I, if he doesn't make, if he starts making mistakes that he should not be make, that he should not make. Uh, with the wrong read and things like that. Not where North Carolina's making plays because of athleticism, but North Carolina's making plays because of our mistakes. And Rashawn McKay has got to put FAMU in a position where he's got to manage the game, where he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't have to, we're not asking Rashawn McKay to win the game. Just 
don't lose the game and give and give us a chance because the defense can. But if the defense is constantly put in a position with short fields, I don't care how good that defense is, they're going to give up some points. So you've got to play you've got to play the field position game with North Carolina to give yourself a chance. We know if we get it to fourth down, we've got the best punter in FCS. So we know if we get it inside the 35, we've got one of the top place kickers in FCS. So we've got to make sure we put ourselves in those positions. Every possession has to end on the foot of our kicker. And then we have a chance. Um, so I, I recall 2019, FAMU opened the season at UCF. This would FAMU would go on to win nine games, I think, that year. Unfortunately, it, that it was – yeah, it, it after that game, they went the on the streak. Yes, lost the last game. And that was a year, if I recall, they went into that game with a veteran quarterback, Ryan Stanley, who had been there three, uh, four seasons. Here they are going into an opening season matchup with a veteran quarterback who's been in the program and been in Coach Simmons' system, a return starter. Rashad McKay is no Ryan Stanley, though. Uh, is he? Are you saying he's better or worse? Because there, there were that—that that is an interesting argument that I think many people will challenge you on if you were going to say worse. No, he's not worse than Ryan Stanley. No, you're saying he's better. He 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 produced better than he he Ryan Stanley produced better than Rashawn McKay has produced. Now Ryan Stanley was a gunslinger, and Ryan Stanley took some chances. But most of those chances did not cost FAMU, except for but except when he took the chance against Bethune. Other games, those mistake, those chances did not cost FAMU. I would love to have this debate with you on another show, surrounded by other people, uh, just to see how that goes. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to for time for the purposes of time. I will not. Uh, so all I'll say is that what, what I was going with talking about 2019 is that FAMU team opened the season and did not look sharp to me. And it's, I believe it started at the quarterback position. So I want to see the quarterback come out, look good. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that FAMU within a touchdown, the 10 points. I think about the last time FAMU played an it's FBS at the half. opponent. I South. said at the half. I'll make sure at the half, correct. right. Okay, at yeah. the half. So I, I think back to the last time FAMU played an FBS opponent was South Florida. That was not a very good South Florida team. Um, FAMU lost, I think, by 20. Um, so, you know, a lot of people will use the depth factor and the number of scholarships. But is a good FCS team equal to a bad FBS team? They probably should be very close in play, right? So, again, 34, 35 points. If you see that number anywhere, take FAMU. Take get, take 30-something points. And then we'll kind of wait to see how this game plays out. Um so we'll talk about it more on Wednesday's ONG Strike Zone. But uh, that game, the HBCU Celebration Game, or do you like the name the GOAT Game? Team Nike 
or team Nike team Jordan versus Nike team LeBron? Which game do you like better? Which name do you like better? HBCU celebration game or the GOAT game? Just because it's got HBCU in it, I got to go with HBCU celebration. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. Well, interesting. I thought you might go the other route. Okay. Let's go to our game of the week is the MEAC SWAC Challenge uh, taking place in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That game taking place at uh, Center Park Stadium there in uh, on the campus or right there with used to be the old Braves Stadium, and now it's being played host by uh, Georgia. Georgia State plays their home games there. Um, Eddie Robinson Jr. making his head coaching debut for Alabama, for Bama State. Larry Scott in his third year at Howard, but technically his second season. Um, you know, last year, uh, Howard, uh, last year, Howard went uh, three and eight, one and four in conference play. Um, Alabama State went five and six. And so uh, as it relates to Alabama State drew some of the uh, main points I think that people are going to need to pay attention to. Obviously, uh, you heard Mo Carter talk about this, the debut of Eddie Robinson Jr., uh, former alum, a former player, led him to a championship, 11 year in the NFL, but but this is his first opportunity to coach his alma mater um, after a long career um, in, uh, in the private sector, after a good career in the NFL. And so how does that translate to the football field uh, in terms of coaching? Uh, the one thing he does have is he has a quarterback. He's going in. It's the debut of Demetrius Davis, who transferred from uh, Auburn. Um, of course, he was a standout dual threat quarterback at North Shore High School in Texas. Uh, anyone who follows Texas high school football knows uh, what this young man is. I, I don't know if he was a four-star or three-star, probably more closer to a four-star, I would imagine. Uh, he was rated the number four dual-threat recruit nationally and a top-12 player at his position by rivals 24-7 and prep stars. So uh, it, it, there's no better feeling, Drew, than going into a gunfight with a with a nice pistol in your in your hip pocket, right? Correct. Um, let's play the clip from Fox 54 Sports Extra on the uh, Alabama State Hornets. All right, back back to us, I guess. Uh, I think we were going to try to we were going to try to play a clip there with our good friend uh, Mo Carter from his swag special. Must have had some technical difficulties uh, playing that, so uh, we'll we'll keep on here for time. Per- oh, whoop. All right, so let's let's just move forward here for the sake of time. We appreciate we, we already over time, so yeah, let's try to. Get I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, we, we've, uh, we're going into overtime. I think that's her way of telling us to cut it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I wouldn't put that on her. No, don't do that. Um, just maybe some technical difficulties. We'll see. Uh, maybe she can give us a heads up in the background. Let us know if we will have the Howard video. Uh, as we talk about Howard University, and uh, as mentioned, Coach Larry Scott, let's start with their quarterback. They come into this game, Drew, with the more experienced quarterback in Quentin Williams. But here's the thing, Drew, even though Quentin Williams comes in at 6'5", 200, the biggest he's ever been since he came to Howard in 2019, Williams has only played seven games in each of his two seasons. Now, one of them was a true freshman year where he came in relief duty. 2021 last year, he only played in seven seven games that season. Uh, so definitely an improvement. Went from just over 100 yards passing per game as a true freshman to 232.9 passing yards per game. So, Drew, I think the biggest question for Williams and Howard is, is his health is will he be able to play a whole season for Howard this year? Yeah, and uh, like I say, it's really going to be interesting. Well, let's go to the video, then I'll save my comments afterwards. It'll be the first Howard video. About it being in a unique place. It's it's very unique. Uh, And therefore, it it causes for us and gives us opportunities to do very unique things. Uh, and when you start to really get creative with building the, the total experience for the, the student athlete, you, you look at having opportunities like that. You look at wanting to play the Ivy Leagues, the Harvards, not just any Ivy Leagues, but the Harvards and the Yales uh, of the Ivy Leagues. You look at wanting to take a trip down to Tampa and play it, and, you know, in, in, at, uh, in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida against USF, and then uh, come back and go and play Morehouse in, in, up in um, Giant Stadium. In the Meadowlands and, and those type of things. So those those like those experiences, those venues, those opportunities. When you're recruiting and you're doing and you're selling Howard, they, people get excited about that. They get they get juiced and, and energized by the fact that we're aggressive in our scheduling. But not only we're we aggressive, we're putting them in NFL venues. They're getting they getting top notch, first class experiences and opportunities to go show and, and show their talents and put them on a big stage. Great point, well said. Let's get to some of the players. You brought your quarterback. That was, uh, sorry about that, that was uh, uh, Coach Scott with uh, Dr. Cavill from the HB, uh, from the uh, MEAC Media Day, and I believe they were talking about the upcoming schedule in that that clip. Um, Let's see if we can go to the next clip as Coach Scott uh, talks about the offense, and um, then we'll, we'll pause for a second. And, uh, and and give a few more tidbits regarding the offense and then come back with another video regarding the defense. So here's uh, Coach Scott talking with Dr. Cavill about the uh, Howard offense this year. Offensive linemen when we had three or four guys that started for us as true freshmen up front last year uh, that have really changed their bodies through having a whole full cycle uh, of a year off, uh, you know, gotten bigger, stronger, leaner, 
uh, quicker, faster, and more intelligent in the football game because we spend a lot of game, a lot of time with our football on one football intelligence courses that we use um, in the off season. Uh, so we, it's going to be it's going to start around them and then our young talented players like you know Casey Hawthorne and Jared Hunter and Antoine Murray. We got all those guys coming back, so we're really excited about our, our skill, um, how explosive we can be offensively, and, and, and it starts with the leadership of our, our you know experienced now quarterback. Uh, that's got to continue to grow and have a really good training camp. Uh, we've added some more talented uh, guys to that. You know, it all starts up front uh, and to return the bulk of our offensive. Okay, so on offense, Drew, uh, of course, uh, you got Quentin Williams there, but you've also got uh, Black College Football Player of the Year watch list candidate wide receiver Antoine Murray. Uh, Murray, along with one of his teammates, uh, defensive back Kenny Gallup Jr., were uh, two of Howard, uh, two Howard Bison that were actually on that watch list. Uh, 49 players amongst all of HBCU football that appeared on that list. Um, I'm curious, Drew, what are the chances we might see the young Eden James, the young man who is the son of Pro Football Hall of Famer Edrin James. Uh, we, I saw a few clips from spring ball, and Eden looked pretty good. Uh, I, any, any chance we might see him at the, uh, in the Miak Swag Challenge? I would put, I would put some, uh, I would put something on that one, that we will see him in the Miak Swag Challenge. Okay. Okay. In, in, in all, um, of something outside of special teams. Okay, outside of special teams, maybe a few carries, you know, over over yeah. under four and a half carries. Right, 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 right. right. I, I say three uh, carries, three carries. I'm going okay, under. Okay, you're going under. All right, uh, let's go to the last clip that we have with Coach Scott talking to Dr. Cavill about the Howard defense for this upcoming year. Standpoint brought in a couple transfers to kind of shore up on the D-line and, and kind of help us on the back end. Uh, all of those guys are, are, are a year older now. Uh, again, have gotten bigger, stronger, and faster. We loved our young linebackers. They were young last year, but they've all tacked on 10, 12 pounds of muscle uh, and, and been in the classroom and, and learning. So, uh, and, and put a lot of depth there. And we love the fact that we're now in our secondary, we can be like play two or three deep and, and rotate two full groups back there and, uh, and keep guys fresh for the fourth quarter. So, uh, I, I'm really excited about this football team, and I think it's going to be a different product than what most people are predicting or, or came out of last year seeing. Thank you, Coach. That'll do it for us. None. Okay. Um, again, uh, you can you can go back and, and watch that in its entirety, but um, there's some good clips there uh, with Dr. Cavill. And so, Drew, as we get ready to make a pick for this game, obviously we're familiar the MEAC. In the in the 15-year history of the MEAC SWAC Challenge, the MEAC has a record of 11 and four. They've won the last two years. Uh, the last time the SWAC won was the 40 to 24 victory by Prairie View A&M over North Carolina Central back in 2018. And uh, this is the first time Alabama State has been in it. So all things considered, new coach, first time appearance, new quarterback. Howard comes in the more experienced team, I guess you could say, more experienced quarterback. Uh, where are we going? What are your thoughts? What are your predictions for this contest, Drew? You know what's interesting, Brian? 
I think this is the first time in Atlanta that the SWAC has a geographical home field advantage because with Montgomery only being two and a half hours away to, from Atlanta, you know, most of the teams have come from Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana to play in there. And the BAC team has come from Carolina, one of the Carolinas. So they've been closer. I wonder if that's going to make a difference. Right? Oh, Brian, what what the hell am I saying? If it ain't broke, don't <laughs> fix it. But I'm saying with the BAC, Brian. That was that, that was good banter, but I'm that was a great setup, Drew. You know what? You <laughs> if it ain't broke, that don't was fix some it. great. Hey, look, that was some great handicapping right there, Drew. That 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 right there, uh, you know, you you might you might you might get picked up by a few by a few people I know in some faraway places for that for that great uh, handicapping there on the game. What what is a predicted? Uh, let's go to our uh, BCSM predictions here for. Alabama, uh, Alabama State, and Howard. Alabama State predicted to have a five-total win season with three of those being in conference. For Howard, a little less optimistic. The numbers say a two-win season with just one coming in conference. So um, I don't know if this one – I don't know if this one of two wins is this particular game, Drew – but uh, what what is the anticipated line? What what's the what do the numbers say the margin is between these two teams in this game? Our friends over at Massive Rating have Alabama State winning this game, and they have Alabama State favored by two points in this in this mm-hmm. particular game. But I am going to be anti massive on this one. I am taking Howard in this game straight up i agree with you too and and i think it may be uh howard by howard by at least uh, i'm gonna go six points maybe like a 27 21 victory for howard um yeah so that that that's where we're going that's why a lot of people pretty i mean you you heard earlier in this show you heard mo carter taking howard you heard kyle mosley taking Howard. As you listen to shows and predictions this week, keep track of how many people are going to be picking Howard over Alabama State and then pay attention to what happens this weekend. I may have to I may have to slide some uh, some peanuts over towards Alabama State. If more people keep picking on Howard, gives me ample opportunity to side up with the Hornets. You know what I'm saying, Drew? If you know, if you know, you know, right? Uh, I know exactly what you mean. Plus, Brian, you also got to remember one thing. As tough as it is is for me to pick Bethune, it's equally as tough for me to pick Alabama State. Just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, true that, true that. All right, so that's going to do it for this show. That's our predictions. Coming up next week, we'll have a full slate of games to talk about. Uh, Also, Drew and I are going to be debuting a picks contest. Picks contest where... We're going to give you guys an opportunity to uh, to to play against us and some of the other hosts a part of the BCSN. Uh, we are going to ask for a short little donation, a little small something, something, you know, nothing more than five bucks, just a little help with some of the administrative costs that it goes into doing this. But I think you'll have fun as we're going to give you a slate of FCS games 
and give you an opportunity to pick your best five games. And you know what? There might be a gift at the end of it for the person who comes up with the best record. So we will drop more information about that coming up uh, on next week's show. So be ready for that. Get your $5 ready. You know, save, you know, save, save, save a trip to the coffee store or the bag of chips and soda that you buy at the convenience store for one day. Just put that money to the side. Take your lunch instead of buying it. And, right. Put a little envelope and say BCSN or no, excuse me, uh, sports wrap picks contest. That That's all you got to put in an envelope so that next week when we drop the information, you'll be able to join us and uh, have some fun with us. So we look forward to that. Looking forward to uh, game week. Uh, a lot of our shows will be covering information. Of course, you can hear Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab on Tuesday and Thursday and Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. The ONG Strike Zone will be breaking down the uh, FAMU-North Carolina game on Wednesday. And um, by the time, let's see, we have the uh, Carlos Brown show. Actually, uh, I think the pregame show may be doing a show probably on Wednesday as well. Uh, so they'll be, I'm sure, getting closer to talking about their season opener down in South Florida. And then the Carlos Brown show will be coming up on Saturday at the end of the and, week. Uh, and don't forget about game about time what's going live on. from Atlanta on Saturday. Game time live from Atlanta. See, I, I didn't get the memo, but thank you for sharing. Yes. Just, you know, send me the memo and I'll do the reads. All right. That's going to do it for <laughs> this show. Give a shout out to our producer, Mel, for all of her work in the background. Uh, thank you to everybody in the uh, chat room. Sorry, the Facebook uh, or no, the YouTube uh, page kind of conked out on us. Uh, I think it might be on a timer, Drew. We have to check into that because it, it kind of conked out I, right I, about 8 actually o'clock. Actually, at one point, at one point in time, I think all uh, both Facebooks and YouTube stopped at different points in time during this. So you have to go to the BCSN pod zone to catch the full episode. Yeah, more work for somebody. But anyway, uh, where you can you can check out the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere and anywhere you download and listen to podcasts. Uh, you can also download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google or Apple Play Store. Just search my JBM. My BCSN is where you can find us. Uh, thank you to Kyle Mosley and for Mo Carter, uh, unexpectedly but much appreciated jumping in there. So thank you to those two guys and thank you to you for uh, joining part of the conversation with uh, AD and I. So that's going to do it for this show and um, lots to talk about, lots to think about, lots to pay attention to. And um, just uh, remind everybody, be safe out there, be smart, make good decisions and let's get ready for football. Cause here it comes, baby. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for AD. I'm Brian. Peace out. Uh-huh. 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 Uh-huh.